Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Hey, money-making unicorns. We are back coming in hot. Um, Jeslyn, 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 this is round two with you. So we're excited to have you back on the show. Thanks for coming back in. And you have some really exciting news today. So I'm not going to fucking blow the surprise. You just go ahead and do it. Tell us all the fucking things. What the fuck happened? Yeah, back, back to back. I originally booked you for this week and then I thought I double booked you accidentally so i did last week before the fight and now it's a week later which is after the fight and i feel just as great as i did before the fight thinking that i should feel better because i won and i beat her in the first round but i just feel great all the time anyway like it's fascinating yeah the energetics of all of the things right right and what's really cool is like you know it's all the practices that you gave me for these previous fights that I had, but this fight, I felt like I had the tools. I didn't ask for, for help. I didn't, I didn't see my hypnotherapist like I did last fights either. Uh, and I consider, I call you my, I tell people you're my mindset coach. And I just, I was like, I got this. Like I see it, got it. And I did, and it worked. And I told my best friend, I looked at him like, it works. Like this works. It's now if I just apply it to everything else. <laughs> it's an interesting thing because, you know, we start out uh, when we're learning anything, I mean, riding a bike, whatever, is that we want someone to hold the handlebars with us, right? We want the training wheels. We want to ease into something, but we don't truly take hold of any strategy or a skill set until we do it ourselves, right? And we really get into that space of being able to facilitate our own experiences without needing third-party facilitation. That's the big that, fucking jump. That was a big jump. It was a huge jump because even needing my coach, like I was so, I felt like I was very reliant and dependent on him and him telling me what to do and like, just like listening to him and trusting him and then not having that because uh, I thought I was going to have him in my corner the last fight. And I was like, oh my God, what, what am I going to do? But I know that I know what to do, but you just have to like trust that about yourself and that I don't know what it took for me to feel that about myself. I think it was in transition for the last year, but that loss, I think my loss in February really propelled it. It just kind of made me, because I had everything I needed, but it's still, I still lost. So I realized it was on me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then I, something changed. Yeah. I think the loss is important. You learn things in a loss that you'll never win. Like you'll never fucking learn that thing like in a win, like ever. Like there's something mm -hmm. in a loss that teaches you self-reliance, self-sovereignty and being able to drop into that knowing like you learn something so much different from that angle. And then when you carry it forward the next time around, I mean, I remember this with launching. Like I fucking when I fucking failed that first launch, it felt like the end of the fucking world. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. my second or when I got back on, right? When I got back on and did the next launch after that failed launch, it was fucking amazing because you just come at it from a completely different angle when you uh, when you understand what's really riding on the line, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. So like that fail and that loss can apply to anything. For me, it's just fighting and it's a physical thing. And for you, it's a lot for, it could be with anything. And it's just still the same principles, still the same way that you're going to learn and, and apply it differently for the next time. But how do you know, what if someone keeps losing? Like, how do you know that you're not learning or how do you know that you are learning or are still progressing, even though you keep losing? How, Cause there's some people that might fail numerous launches, but they keep trying new things or, or have numerous losses and fights, like, but they're not necessarily bad fighters. Like, how do you know when you aren't applying the right things? You know what I mean? Yeah. Are they doing the same old thing over and over and expecting different results, but still losing? And, or are they trying to think sometimes they're trying new things and still feel, you know, I think that for, I mean, like my son is going through this right now where he's lost four fights in a row to the same guy and it's been fucking brutal. Right. And like looking at like him in that set of circumstances, I can see where, you know, he's got the, got the mindset piece that needs to elevate where he has to become the person and getting back in the ring over and over and over again, after you keep losing to the same person, you're coming in from like 
a state of lack because there's this energetic of like need, right? Where it's like, I need the win. Like if you need the win and you're attached to your need, that actually activates scarcity and the lack inside of your body. And so you attract and amplify more of the same. And so it's really Mm -hmm. neutralizing the outcomes that allows you to transcend past this is to say like, I don't need the win. What I get to commit to is improvement. And when you learn Mm -hmm. how to commit to improvement, of course, you're going to get better and better, but there's something that activates inside of your mindset that allows you to become the kind of person who can envision yourself winning. I mean, the fact Mm -hmm. of the matter is, is if you fail fucking six launches in a row, you expect to lose the next one, right? Like, And so that layer of expectation, the layer of pressure that you put onto yourself, it's relieving all that pressure and really getting into the commitment to improvement so that you can become the kind of person that can envision success. Yeah, the commitment to improvement, that makes a big, that makes all the difference. Because I, I think that that's what I had to focus on too. Because um, it wasn't about the loss or even wins sometimes. Like, I don't mind losing. If I had a fight where I like put my heart out there and, and really did everything right. Like, I don't mind the loss. But uh, I guess you have to detach from the results and just focus on that improvement. And that's really living in the moment, honestly. That's really enjoying the journey. Being like present. That's the whole cliche thing they're saying, they say, but yeah, like just being there, present. Being present in that moment and holding the frequency that the success is the improvement itself. Because then you're mm-hmm. focusing on the improvement. You can feel it happening in the moment and you're like, oh, I did that better than this, right? And like, la- mm-hmm. like last time I missed that one and this time I landed it. And what you're focusing on is the success of improvement, which of course invites the frequency of more success because what we focus on fucking expands. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, well, and and then Nate, do you talk with your son about that, or have you, or you know, it's still a teen kid and mom thing, so it might be. Well, not you know, talk. something that's really interesting is that this past week before the fight, both Penny and Nate came up and asked me um, for some help in different mindset areas, and it was. So it was like such a like mom moment, moment, right? Where it's like everything in me like changed in that moment to realize that like, you know, you can help your own kids and like they want that help. And like Nate was feeling yeah. a lot of like anxiety going into the fight. He's just nervous and all the stuff. And so we really worked through that piece together and like got to sit there and like, you know, I was kind of expecting him to like roll his eyes and be like, whatever, mom. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. like it's to be expected from a teenage boy. You know, nothing personal to the yeah. mom. It's just how. A- these are. But he wow, did, he really just like asked more questions. You know, it was like when I was explaining things, I was explaining it just in very small increments. And then he was just, he would ask one more question, right? And one more question. And we ended up having like an hour long mindset conversation. And it's like, I mean, it's, it's the moment. It's the moment as a parent that you fucking dream for. It was like when your kid actually asked for your fucking help. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially as a teen, especially something so important, you know, I mean, I guess that's what it would be. That that just shows how mature he's gotten, because I don't think I would know, have known how to do that in my early 20s. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, not me. I wasn't going to ask for fucking help, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I certainly wasn't going to listen to my parents. <laughs> Hell do they know. <laughs> yeah, look what they fucked up. <laughs> no, they, they were good. Every parent, God, that's like the hardest job I could ever imagine. People ask me what I'm scared of. What's your biggest fear? I'm like, I'm not scared of anything, but why would I focus on that anyway? But if I had to choose, it would be motherhood. Like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking scary. (laughs) Yeah, because I know I'm going to fuck it up. I mean, what mom does. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's that thing is like, as you become a parent, you realize it's not if you fuck up your kid, it's, you know, how. You got to neutralize the serve and the limit around that shit because, you know, we're all fucking yeah. our kids up in some way. That's how it works. <laughs> that's crazy. I know. Like, yeah. And and there's no way around. It. It's inevitable. But that's like kind of our, our duty as an adult is to acknowledge that and get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, it gives us something to work on. It gives us something to pay the therapists for, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's part of the journey. It's part of the process. So tell me, how does it feel now? After the fight, what's the next step? Like, where are we headed now? What's going on? You know what's funny? A lot of people have asked me that. Um, And I don't recall anyone ever asking me that after any other fight ever. Interesting. 
Um, and, and, and it's interesting that they asked me that as if there's like going to be something. I don't know that I have had this like overwhelming feeling that something is going to change and something big is going to happen. I have no idea what I'm going to continue doing as I do. I'm going to continue going to training and like my manager's already been contacted about more fights for me. Um, and we'll just kind of do that. We want to revisit a contract that a big promotion offered last year, but I was with the other kind of big promotion. They wouldn't release me. So I'm still going to train and fight, but you know, I need to really start. I've already planted a lot of seed, but I really need to start kind of sowing and tending to my garden of these other options because obviously you can't fight forever. And I do truly believe that what fighting has done for me with, for my mind and body, I, I acknowledge and recognize that. And then the injuries that I've endured, what I've learned through that and how I can help others and that I've rid trauma that was stored in there. Like we talked about, like, I'm just so thankful for writing for that. And that's not, that's only just a few things it's done for me. Um, obviously the people and friends and connections I've made, but uh, I don't feel like it's over, but I definitely have a feeling that I need to really start focusing on the next thing that I think I need to do. And I'm certain because it's kind of been growing and growing inside my mind and heart that it needs to be service. I need to be more of service. Um, so I really need to compile some things together. But uh, as far as what's next, immediately, I don't know, immediately I'm going to Sturgis and bartending bike, street bike oh, weekend. Yeah. It's that time of year again. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's that time of year. It's fun. That's bar daddy. <laughs> and that's honestly the most bartending I can handle. I, I can't do more than that. But it's kind of like a special occasion and it's outside and there's swimming pool and yeah, it's just fun. Um, and then I'll come, I'll go back to LA because Vegas is just way too hot. It's, it's miserable. Like my cats go outside with their head and then come back inside. <laughs> Nobody wants to go outside. And it's not even, my AC is on, right? But like, you're still sweating just because it's out there. It's like coconut oil. The coconut oil is hard when you're, when it's winter time, right? And it's 78 degrees in your house. It's still 78 degrees in your house, but when it's hot outside in summertime, it's melted. It's like, how does it know that? Your body does, <laughs> it's like my body knows that too. And it's just sweating, yeah. even though it's cool inside. Yeah, um, Vegas it's, is brutal. It's, yeah, nobody's meant to live here in the heat like that. There needs to be water. Anyway, so I'll be in LA training um, that amount of time. People keep asking me if I will do some more pro wrestling shows and I'm open to like doing some local stuff, but I don't know. Someone's like, I I think you miss it. You keep posting it on your Instagram. Like I just keep scrolling through my stuff and trying to clean things out. I'm like, yeah, this was fun. I look at stuff like that and I feel like it was a different lifetime. I feel like I was a different person. I feel like it was something else. Like, a, and then I think about how fucking fun my life has been. <laughs> I got nothing to show for it, but I just have fun. <laughs> you have you to show for it. That's all you need. That's all you need, right? Oh, and you know what else I feel like I have that that is a testament to what I have to show for it? Friends like you. Aww. And yeah, like my other girlfriends, that, even my family members, but like, just the, uh, you're also amazing. And I think that that must show something about me to have amazing people in my lives. Yeah. You know, Daniel and I were actually talking about you this morning on our walk. We go for a walk every morning, but we were talking uh-huh. about you um, because we, at Nate's fight, we ran into um, shit. What's his name? Zach. Zach. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck blank. Yeah. We ran into Zach at Nathan's fight. And so he's like, yeah, she came and trained. And like, Daniel was like, you know, she makes such a good impression on people. Like, it's like this thing. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, people just like instantly care about Jeslyn. There's like this amazing connection, but that's like your energy. And he had nothing but like amazing things to say. And he was like so impressed by you as like a human and like all the things. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's who she is. It's just a vibe. Does you, does you want to get married? <laughs> <laughs> I like that guy. You like that guy? I like that guy. I get a good you know, feeling from him if 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 i had a a list of like and and believe me i have had lists and they changed through the years because i didn't know me but if i had a list of like the perfect husband that's you <laughs> right 
I mean, okay, first of all, like lead singer in some fucking band or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. So total music thing, the total fighter thing. Um, He's very good looking. Like he's, he's very good looking. (laughs) Don't tell Daniel. He's very good looking. Um, He was at my wedding. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) But so weird. My my um, heart jumped. He's a hard worker. He's a hard worker. He's very entrepreneur business. He works with kids. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things on that list for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Loves to travel. Was, was there any chemistry? You know, he kept it really professional. He Um, feels like that to me. He feels very like professional man. Yeah. 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 So, but super friendly and helpful and, the, the fact that he went out of it, all I all I would had asked him was if he knew anyone in the area that might rent a room because the Airbnbs were booked or real expensive or didn't allow my dog. And I was up there for a different bike rally thing. And he, he had his uh, business partners build that room I stayed in at his new gym for me. They wanted to do it anyway, he said, but they got it quickly ready in two weeks so that I could stay there and didn't charge me. Let me use the cryotherapy stuff. I know. I felt like. I feel like a queen, honestly. <laughs> I loved waking up. I loved waking up and there were mats. It was cool. Yeah, he's a good one. He's a good one. I like that guy. He, yeah. he told me. For, I only met him once at your wedding briefly. Yeah. And then just, we stayed in touch. And then he did all that. He told and me. I, he told me that I could come up there and use the cryo stuff. Which yeah. I thought would be. I've never done any of that. It's a cool spot. They have really. I mean, I'm all about biohacking and like yeah. therapy peas so they have all kinds of really great things um good deals and the lady his business partner the husband and the wife they're amazing she's an angel she's special lady too so i think you should go visit well i was thinking about taking nate up there to to train for a bit and just let him go hit the gym and do all the things and then yeah zach's an excellent excellent teacher and that's another big quality to be able to like guide and teach adults and kids yeah yeah just should go penny's expressed a little bit of interest in jujitsu but her objection is bare feet she has a thing where she hates feet she's like it's disgusting like i can't have feet on the mat she's like at least with wrestling they're wearing shoes you know she's wrestling and she's very fucking no oh my god it's terrifying she's i'm not surprised yeah, she was beating mm-hmm. the boys. She was beating the boys all fucking season last Wait, year. how come we haven't shared any of this? I try to keep up on them whenever, you know, I, on the social media at least. I'll have to send you some of the videos. Like, she's yeah. like a fucking beast. Well, Nate used to wrestle and beat her up when she was three years old. <laughs> since she was three years old. Yeah, it's good. It's good, good training. I mean, she, yeah. the very first one, the very first one that she did, she lost. But it was like, you could tell because like, she just like, didn't know like where she was at. Like, it was like, there was like a lack of spatial awareness. But then yeah. like, every match after that, she won, like, and she including beating the boys, like she was just fucking in it to win it. She's very fast. She's super aggressive. She doesn't really yeah. have the technique stuff down yet. Right. It's just like pure fucking adrenaline and muscle ability and <laughs> athleticism she's always been athletic remember when she was a little baby and she balanced on her dad's hand yeah she was just barely able to walk and she would stand there i don't know how you guys did that but you you are an athlete um i don't know what dad did but like he's always seemed fit yeah he played he played fo- he played football and he was uh he was really good at wrestling he was super good at wrestling oh wow no way yeah that's so cool yeah i, I kind of I've been trying to get up to Reno for a year and a half. So. <laughs> yeah. You got to get up. You got to come fucking see the new house. But, um, you oh. know, it, we got to or at least be in the same city. I'm not coming to Vegas because it's too fucking hot. But uh, <laughs> maybe when you're in L.A., I'll come down there. But I, yeah, I'm know. leaving. Yeah. 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 Or I can take a trip up there. Um, if I had more time because I'm going to California right now, I could have taken that route and come all the way around. But I'm only going to be gone three days. So. If it was like a week, I could take that route. You're such, a, you're such a traveler doing all the things all the time. I think that that's something that a lot of people really want in their life to have the freedom to travel the way that you do. But I mean, like for as long as I've always known you, it's always like, oh, I'm going here and then I'm going there and I'm going to go to Mexico and I'm going to drive all the way the fuck to Alaska. 
I'll never do that again. <laughs> I suggest everyone could do it once. Don't do it alone like I did. Well, or do. I don't, but it was, there was one time I drove for 12 hours and didn't see another human That's crazy. anywhere. That's crazy. That's a long ass fucking drive. Yeah. And yeah, that's. And then when you get there, when I got there, I felt like I was on the edge of the world. I felt like I met the edge of the world and it created this strange anxiety, like this like ending, like things were ending and it was over. And I didn't know where that feeling came from, but I honestly think a lot of it is because there's such a heavy darkness in that area and a lot of drug use Mm -hmm. and not a lot of sunshine. I think people are just kind of, and I felt, I could feel it. Makes you feel like maybe the flat earthers were right, huh? Maybe, yeah. Because if I kept going, I was going to fall off. <laughs> Give me a piss. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a I've, cool experience. I haven't been, saw the Northern I've, Lights. That's cool. I've heard yeah. here we've been able to see them a little bit in like rural Nevada. They've been like they they announced it the other day that like you've been able to see the Northern Lights oh down gosh. here this far. I've never seen it. Yeah, Let's it's go. so trippy. It's it's like it's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. You should go. I would like to go to Iceland and see him. So maybe that. My mom is going to Iceland in like three days. He lives there, huh? You know, I was looking at her when she was there. Yeah, she's going back again. She's doing another Tantra um, convention there and she leaves in just a couple days. She'll be there for 10 days. Oh, shoot. I should have kept up on that. Still, it's warm there. So I don't, I always debate because I like going to tropical places because I don't like cold. Yeah. But I think I would go to Iceland in the winter. That's like the only place. Because in the winter, I go south of the equator because it's warm. But I probably should try cold. What's it like be. What's it like to just travel and be such a free, free roaming unicorn so I So you say that and people have said that. I don't You just like don't know it. the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. One time I worked at an office for two years in the cubicle and... I saved a lot of money <laughs> because there was nowhere to go and spend it on. Um, but what's it like? Like, I said this to my coach the other day in Las Vegas. It's a big enough city that you can be a big fish in a pretty big pond. And a lot of the fighters or people I know are. And the ones that are born and raised here don't really have a desire to leave because everything they need is here. Yep. Whereas a lot of people I know, including myself, came from a town of 300 people, 300 residents that lived in my town. And like the nearest other town was 30 minutes away. Um, we all wanted to get out. We all wanted to go explore because we knew it was tiny, knew there was a whole world. And all we had was this little beautiful place. But um, I never remembered hating it. Like some people hate their, their hometown. I love playing outside and climbing trees. But um I knew I wanted to explore more. And I don't know if that's an innate thing. I don't know if everybody has that and they just kind of push it down or they're told they can or they're told they have to follow a straight narrow path and they believe it. But um, I just feel like we're supposed to kind of have experiences, right? So ever since I was little, I just wanted to see things. And I, re- I just found a little story around third grade where I said I wanted to travel the world. I didn't know that, third grade. But I... I guess I apply it now as an adult, like um, little trips here and there, like drive, like this weekend driving to California to do a little movie. The first guy who ever asked me to do an independent film in the Bay Area is this guy. It's been almost 15 years later, and it's in an area that's near another city, Fresno, that I used to live in. So some actors from there that I did little commercials. I did a lot of local television commercials in that particular city. They're all going to be on set. So it's like this full circle of these two groups of people from the same industry and these mountains that I grew up in. That's, it's so interesting. And I'm really excited to go back to not only be the mountains, but to see them all. And then being on sets fun. I'm a werewolf hunter. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. So I think more than just traveling like a vagabond, I feel like I'm trying to have a purpose. Like I'm not just driving around aimlessly. Like I'm trying to like do something, but I have to drive there, go there, you know? Yeah. Except the trip to Alaska, I don't really have. I didn't really have to. Sometimes I, uh, sometimes I will Google you and watch some of your movies. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know the names of them. I don't remember. Like the last one that I did, like the one that's like popping into my head, it was like you were like with this guy and it was like very dramatic. And there was like, I don't know. I only remember like the scene about like out in front of a trailer and you guys like kissed and like this thing. I don't remember uh, which one it was. My San Joaquin. Yes, that one. <laughs> You know, the director will let us have a copy of that movie. We spent weeks working on it. I was like the co-star and I hit her up about it. And she's like, she's like, no, I'm not happy with the way it turned out. I'm like, you had an entire premiere and a celebration and like showed it on the big screen. If you were, and, and then you let it happen. She, she basically said she liked the acting and I'm like, you're the director if you didn't like it you have to direct the actors how it be how do you want it to be and i feel like she was kind of like inadvertently trying to say my acting was terrible and like i don't, I don't know maybe she i don't fucking know but i'm i don't even have a copy of it Are and this- i got to sing i sing in a studio like a duet oh it's 333 oh make a wish guys make a wish it's 333 Yeah, that's right. Three, three, three. Yeah, but I don't know what this insatiable desire for like going places is. I I know that traveling is my passion. Like people ask what my passion is. It's traveling, but I think I like traveling because I learn shit. And that's what I found about martial arts is I'm learning. I really think learning is my passion. Passion for traveling and honey. We'll travel for honey. (laughs) <laughs> i have a couple jars that i've been collecting for you at the house <laughs> really yeah. good because i'm down to like only 30 and they're like half oh my god i got some for you gotta come and get it <laughs> we got some for you in seattle oh yum that's good up there because that climate's so nice mm-hmm. i didn't know that it was like all of these different flavors of honey like as far as like what what flowers the bees are around and all the shit Stuff's yeah, cool. a lot of people don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Orange blossom, wildfire. I have a pine, a pine tree honey. It tastes like pine needles because the I don't know if you you get pollen from the pine trees up there. Yeah. So the bees get that pollen. It's really tangy. Oh man, manuka honey is only from New Zealand, and it's like thirty to sixty dollars a small jar. Of course, Ew. It's so expensive. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love bees. You love bees? Yeah. Because they make honey. And I love <laughs> I love bees because I think they're cute. They are. They're very fuzzy. I have a client who uh, all of her branding is bees, and I, I just love it. It's so cute. I'm drawn to bees. If like a, a business or product has a bee on it, I'm drawn to it, even have, if it has nothing to do with honey. Have you ever been stung by a bee? I stepped on them a couple times. I've never been stung by a bee my whole life. Really? And I always fuck with bees. Like, I'm always like, I've like held the things and like been in the, I don't know, like I'm always like taking videos and the shit and like always up in their faces, driving them nuts yeah. a little bit and they don't sting me. <laughs> you know what? I feel like I never, I've never had one like fly around and sting me either. I've just been walking on grass and stepped on one and felt really bad. Yeah. But it didn't, I don't even know if it stung me. It kind of hurt for 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, my mom's uh, my mom's allergic to bees, so I don't really. Even, I don't even know if I'm allergic because I've never been stung. Hmm. I think people get stung when they're scared of bees. I think so. And if you're too. not, then you're not going to get. <laughs> I'm not afraid of them. I want to like pet their furry little backs. I think they are so, so cute. cute. <laughs> I feel like they have a whole little bee life that we don't know anything about. They like go. Do they bee do. Things. They're so dedicated and loyal and hardworking neat they just they're smart they work together they protect the queen (laughs) what do you feel like your spirit animal is when i have had to identify or even a couple times in hypnotherapy it's a big cat it's usually like a panther oh yeah okay i could see that but um i've been told I've been told, I don't remember by who, it was like a bear. I like bears too. Daniel, They're kind of like big bees. He loves bears? Yeah. How cute. (laughs) He's kind of like a big bear. Yeah, he is. But he has big old bear hands. He does. They're massive. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like one of my favorite qualities about Daniel's big giant ass hands. They're huge. Yeah. They can probably cover your whole head. Totally. <laughs> Finally found something big enough to hold my boobs. <laughs> That's why you need them. We need big that hands is- for big boobs. That's how that works. There you go. That's how you, that's perfect man for you. Yeah. That's how you try one on is you have them just hold your boobs and see how it feels. You know, it's like a, you got to fit yeah. in like puzzle piece style. Well, in that case, I think it, any, <laughs> any size will fit <laughs> as long as they're not midgets. <laughs> so we don't know what's happening next, but we can feel something big happening. Um, what do you feel like? As far as your personal brand, I mean, you have like this really incredible life story. You have all of these different things that you've been able to do. And like, it's hard to encompass all of that into that personal brand, but you have a great following and all the things. So what do you feel like is next for your personal brand elevation? Well, so my personal brand is the first time I've realized that I can be a great salesperson. I have had people tell me, or especially older mentor type, because I've been last couple of years trying to call in mentors and I've, I've encountered like real estate guys who are pretty successful in real estate or lawyers, which I don't trust anyway, but they're like, well, you gotta, we gotta get you in sales. You'd be really good at that. I'm like, I hate sales because I've never liked the product. You know how many, um, what are they called? Like there was like news skin or the like an MLM long time. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I went to so many MLM meetings and I'm like, I just don't (laughs) give a fuck about these products. How am I going to sell them? (laughs) I cannot imagine you doing an MLM. (laughs) I I trust it in Sacramento. I probably went to at least 10 and one was, one was a video phone endorsed by uh, our former president way before he was president. Um, Donald Trump. It was a video phone. Cell phones were out, but like it, they weren't smartphones yet. I think it was like 2010, or nine, something like that. Anyway, it was the stupidest thing. So I just had the sour taste for um, sales. And so when you say personal brand, I, everything I do has been selling me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to. And I, I never realized that. But I'm trying to get myself to be able to get bookings or gigs or whatever the weird shit I do so that I it took me years to realize that that is a sale so as far as my personal brand I knew that it's so broad it's become convoluted for a lot of people to comprehend and understand like okay who is this person and what the hell does she do because I noticed for example in social media when there's one person and they are just showing off the one big thing they do their fitness model or they're a comedian. They're, they're this one specialty and everybody understands it. If you look at mine, I don't, I'm all over the board. Like I combined my personal and my fighting and my pro wrestling and my modeling and the acting. It's all in one. So people are like, what the fuck is up with this lady? Like, and I feel like it's confusing, but I do have a loyal, small group of people who do know me and understand me and like it. So I feel like that's quality over quantity. I just opened the the Instagram to public, my fight manager. And so it's been public and business account for maybe a month. And I still delete people and remove people. I'm like, who's following me? And I look and it's like, no, they have no picture and their name's just letters. I'm like, remove. (laughs) Because then they, I don't know, because these people message and they, they're annoying. Like, I don't want that. So I tried, I don't know how long I could do that for though. It's time consuming and wastes time. So if I were to want to share something about myself amidst all these things I do, because I don't expect general public to want to fight MMA and get punched in the face or body slammed or, you know, just get in the car and drive across country. Like people don't do that. Like why? But they have families or jobs, right? So if I could share something that gains from doing those things is, is, is that it's okay to do whatever it is that you want to do. Cause 
maybe that's not what they want to do, but there is something people have a desire for. And I can assure you there's probably more than half, if not most of people have been holding back for whatever reason or excuse. A lot of it's probably fear. A lot of it's probably um, not getting encouragement from other people to pursue these other endeavors that they really love. And I don't get that. I'm like, if you want to do it, go do it. Like I, that's something I've never understood that. Why don't you just do it? Like, and then I realized some people don't even know what they want. They're like, they're doing their, their routine day to day, have their job, they're living comfortably, but what do they want? Like, what do they really want? And I've asked a couple people just recently out of curiosity. They don't, they don't know. They don't know. Something so, something that you have that's exceptional that other people don't have that you completely take for granted because you've always had it is vision. Yeah. 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 Because everything I've ever foreseen that I wanted, everything I've done. Like I, it took, some of it took years, mm-hmm. but it happened. Sometimes it was a new thought and I did it the next day. Um, and I guess that is true. Like, I don't know why that's hard. Cause a lot of people ask me how to travel. I'm like, well, choose where you want to go, <laughs> see how much it costs, pay the money to go and then go. Like, why is that? I don't get why that's the challenge. I think it's because they don't know where they want to go. <laughs> yeah. It's because they don't have the vision. They don't have the vision. And even if they do get a glimmer of the vision, they can't hold the frequency of it long enough for them to believe that it belongs to them right? It's like traveling is for other people or pro wrestling is for other people. They don't build the identity into their vision. And that's something that you've always been exceptional at. Thank you. I I guess. Thank you. But they can be exceptional too, if they just, first of all, find what it is they want and then see themselves doing it. Like if anyone else, I've always had this, I remember thinking this as for as long as I can remember, if someone else can do it, I could do it. I remember thinking that I'm like, yeah, yeah. I remember pro wrestling, my very first day, you know, doing a flip bump. So you jump up, flip and land on your back. You do a handstand and land on your back. Or you jump as high as you can and land on your back. That's like our warm-ups every day. Your neck and head are so sore. And I'm like, it's scary. I'm not a gymnast. My heart's beating. And I'm like, if that, and I'm watch, I watch the line going and everyone doing it. I'm like, if that kid can do it, he doesn't even look athletic. If he could do it, I could do it. I did all of them on my first day. I've never heard of anyone doing that to this very day. And it was only because I saw some non-athletic looking person doing it. I'm like, if he's capable, then I, well, I'm an athlete. I could do it. <laughs> yeah. And that's giving yourself the point of reference, right? Is to look around you, see somebody that's already obtained something that you desire, and then adopt that as your own point of reference. You see it that way, and then you make it possible for yourself, right? Yeah. I didn't realize that, but yeah, I guess so. And I guess, is it some people don't or can't? I don't think it's ever a can't. I think that some people are not aware enough to be able to do this. Um, And then some people are just not intentional enough to understand that that's what's going to help them to do it. And then I also think that some people see it, they're close to it, but they have that thing where they make themselves wrong, right? They make themselves not good enough and they create resistance instead of allowing themselves to attach to the Mm -hmm. desire of the result. Yeah. I think I've, I've gone through that. I've felt I wasn't capable or qualified or smart enough or whatever it is, but well, there is one thing I haven't done yet that I always wanted to do. And there's some kind of resistance or something I'm still working on, although it's way more, I can visualize it much more clear now. Mm -hmm. Ever since I was a kid, I don't know where it came from because I didn't grow up necessarily poor or rich, but I just knew I'd be a millionaire too. So <laughs> still haven't gotten there, but there's really no way around it. Like I've always known that. Well, you haven't gotten but, there, but you haven't really tried. <laughs> it's true. That's true. Oh, well, I, I say, come to me. Just come to me, money. <laughs> Well, it will when you become the kind of person who's ready to receive it, right? Yeah, that's true. And with the, all the lessons, as you are very well aware of, you have to be ready to receive. And I don't think I have been previously. Um, I'm like, what would I really do with that? Like, what am I, 
most people win the lottery already and they, they, they're broke after a couple of years or worse off than they were before. Yep. But that's the whole point of becoming like a millionaire is like not the identity, right? It's like what you're going to do with the money, what your intention is behind the impact. And when you can get super clear on that vision and build yourself the point of reference, then you'll obtain it. So it's like, what is that thing for you? Like when you are a millionaire, what will you do with your money? How will you operate in your life? What will you do differently than you do right now? Right. Right. Not much. Not much. Maybe, maybe spend a lot more on other people. That's for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if it's what's going to make me a millionaire or if I need the millions to do my, this big vision that I came up with a few years ago when I moved to Las Vegas because of the heat and the weather that I just, I'm like, this is dreadful. I thought it would get easier. It's not. And I remember my fiance, when I told him about it, he's like, what kind of insurance are you going to need for that? I'm like, I'm just telling you a dream. Who asked that? <laughs> Bitch, don't kill my vibe. <laughs> yeah. I kind of knew at that time that I'm like, this person doesn't have the same. What I did love about him is that he had a, a childhood dream that he's still living yeah. out as a, as a big name pro wrestler. And so I always admired that because that was, that's his passion. So I thought that he had that, but like not with anything else. <laughs> One but, and uh, done. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Don't stray from these lines. Good for him. You know, I'm happy for him. Um, but like, yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to get the million first before I can do this. I never told you Mm-mm. what I dream of. Yeah. It was when I moved to, you Las told Vegas. me lots of things that you dream of. <laughs> well, this has been the, this, this is, this is the real, this is the real one Okay, that I want to happen. And I see it all the time. I even go to a place where I envision it being, I even buried my little pup up there. My best friend and I went up and buried her up there. I told him about it too. When I told him about it, he's, he was like this, I think we could do it. I think we do it. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, that's the spirit. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you can help. But, um, so, um, you know, those geodesic domes, those huge, like, glass domes? There are several of them around the country. One's like a desert zoo, and you walk through it. So it's indoor in this dome, but there's it's as if you are outdoor. Mm-hmm. So I envision the one. Oh, and then there's this, like, old bunker, this huge war bunker in Germany. That's an indoor water park. You could also camp there. It's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just, it was empty. So they built this cool tropical water park inside. Um, there was a place in Japan that has an indoor ocean where in the wintertime, you can obviously go inside. Um, this, the Shanghai airport, if you look that up, they have this really cool dome shape plants and gardens and waterfall. This waterfall comes down the middle of it. It's, it was like $3 billion. Um, <laughs> So the idea of it is to feel like you're outside, but it's indoors. So that's what I want to build. And at any time of year, because in the winter, it's very cold. In the summer, it's fucking miserable. So it's climate controlled. And my dogs is what, are what inspired me because then the dogs can be outside. Dogs need to be outside. People need to be outside. That's what I don't comprehend. It's like people don't realize how important it is to be outside. So if they could be more comfortable being outside, maybe they'd be more likely to do so. So anyway, the place would have um, like a pond where dogs could swim in. It doesn't have to be on leash. It's going to be huge. I would like to have like the red rock uh, rock climbing area where people like to go rock climb, like a a replica of it, but maybe a little smaller so people can enjoy their rock climbing. Rock climbing is really big back home in Bishop, so I know how much people are into it. Just walking paths, um, a waterfall that regenerates the water, like recycles it, and all operated with solar and wind and whatever. I haven't decided. I haven't decided. I haven't, I'm not the engineer, so I don't know how that part works yet. Mm-hmm. It could also be rented out as a venue, a wedding venue, the, the events. You could, we could have like a uh, Native American powwow that was there at any time. We could, I, I dream of like a youth, like youth camps to be able to utilize it or teach kids how to build a tent or pitch a tent and just <laughs> do, I just see all these things for it. Um, and it kind of grows throughout the years, but 
then I'm like, well, it could be bigger. Or there can be like little tubes with little mini domes and people that have outdoor meetings or photo shoots or whatever they want, these little side dome places for private, more secluded areas. Um, people can run. Like, I like running outside. I don't want to go in a gym and run on a treadmill. I hate that. But it's too hot. There's no way you can do it today, especially if I'm like cutting weight. It's just, I mean, I guess I want to sweat my ass off anyway. So, um, yeah. I love it. I think. I love it. And I think in Vegas, like, I mean, it's so hot so much of the time. It's not like it's like here, it's hot for one month and we're, we suffer for one month and we get over it. But in Vegas, it's legit four or five months where it's just unfucking bearable. I'm surprised that people haven't done that yet in Vegas. But you know what? I bet you know what it is. It's because the casinos want your bitch ass inside gambling. Absolutely. I feel like that's what it is. Absolutely. They want to take everyone, go in there. They, God, the energy that those places have to pump out to, I just feel it's, it's not right. Like that's just such a waste, but I have a whole playlist of, um, I'm going to show you a whole playlist of places like this. It's, I call it dog doom. Oh, don't. There's eight videos. So there's little geodomes and there's that indoor. Can you see that? And then there's a desert. Then there's a Shanghai airport. Then there's another desert zoo. Yeah. I mean, it's like understanding the concept and like getting your head around it, putting it in the right locality, creating a monetization strategy, but also creating the business plan around it to back end fund it. Because I mean, obviously you need like a pretty, pretty substantial investment in order to get that, a project like that rolling. But if you can prove the performa on the back end, um, that's definitely something that becomes viable because you can see the different monetization channels and especially in a place like Vegas where you have so much viability for so much of the year. Totally. This totally. could also I work in, in reverse though too, right? It's like working in places that are super inclement in too cold, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, because that's what my dad suggested. He's like, well, maybe do uh, do like several of them around the country, places where it's cold and hot. And then he suggested Palm Springs because Palm Springs is pretty uppity, like yeah, itty, and it's hot as shit there too. And uh, and then I don't know about Alaska, but there's some cold places up north. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the biggest vision I have. So I don't know. I even thought about it could be like a nonprofit of some kind. But that's a lot of money for a nonprofit because then I could focus on it on being like a rehabilitation type of facility. Yeah, I mean, something of that magnitude is probably not going to be able to hold the house, the uh, the nonprofit, but there can still yeah. be a nonprofit element where it donates to something that supports something else, right? It's like, imagine that for like the kid camps as like the there's enough profit in the operations of this place that all the kid camps are funded, right? So you fund all yeah. the kid camps or whatever you need to do um, to offset and then use that as the as like the charity portion of it, you know? Right. Which, which you want to do anyway to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, actually I met a guy who runs a treatment center and they just use a building indoor building with fluorescent lights to me is not the right place for a treatment when people are trying to heal. I just don't believe that. So if you can go be outside and like do the that, same exact thing, that's huge. But have a nice, yeah. It makes a huge difference. So that's the other part, like another part. Well, it's a great, There's, it's a great vision. Just keep holding the frequency because one of the other skill sets that you have is attracting the right people. If you set the if you set the intention to attract the right people to make this vision a reality, sometimes it's not how do we do shit, right? It's who do yeah. we need to help us to get shit done. It's the who, it's true. not the how. Henry Ford is always a guy that I refer to because yeah. he he didn't know much. He wasn't the smartest, but he always said he knew enough people who could answer the questions of whatever he needed. Yeah. And I feel like that too. Yeah. It's being able to be in that connective space where you build out those kind of connections and you put the right people in the right spots at the right time and amazing things can happen when we all combined our fucking superpowers, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jessica. Exactly. Thank you for being here for your victory dance today. Who? <laughs> <laughs> it's your victory dance. It's your victory oh, dance. It is. It is. And I ate four uncrustable peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Did you get strawberry or grape? 
That's the real question. I don't even like grape jam ever, except yeah. for the Incredibles. Interesting. I prefer that. <laughs> and I still peel off the crimped edges. I make very bougie peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with like the fancy peanut butter and then like, you know, some like mountain fig jam or some shit. Mm -hmm. And then I put them on sourdough. I will only eat them on sourdough at the end. And I mm -hmm. butter the fuck out of them and toast them on both sides. No way. That's a great idea. I want that's a really good idea. <laughs> Sunflower butter crunchy is my favorite though. Oh, that's good. I like that too. Yeah. But yeah. And then ideally homemade jam that I can never find. My mom makes this gooseberry jam that will change mm. your fucking life. It will ruin you for all other jams ever. <laughs> what season are the gooseberries in? Fall. What? Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell your mama. She'll be like, great bitch, come over here and pick all these motherfuckers. Gooseberries <laughs> yeah. are a pain in the ass to pick because they're thorny. So you have to put gloves on and like pull them out of the bushes. The bears really like them. Oh, There'll probably I'll, I'll be a whole it. bunch this year. There'll probably be a whole bunch this year because the water, there's so much water. Rain? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to forget about that. <laughs> I'm like, honey, jam is the next thing. Yeah, I like jam a lot too. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. But no, I feel like <laughs> any talking to you. Are we recording this? <laughs> <laughs> any final thoughts for our unicorns today? Well, um, I just want to tell them thank you. When I see the Facebook group stuff, everyone's just so motivated. And it's like, it's, it's, it's not like they're doing it for themselves. It, I think it's also the people you attract and you draw in, they want to help others. And that's where I was saying, it, I need to be more in service. And that's kind of like the thing that's next for me, but I'm not sure what it is yet. I believe now that that's my intention it'll it'll reveal itself but um i see your people always doing that and it's inspiring so thank you um but yeah i don't know just gonna keep taking the day by day with that dog dome in my mind <laughs> it's been like four years five years maybe it's been in my mind i would go to those rocks and meditate i buried my pup there and i'm like tina you're gonna watch me build this yeah i love it all right, guys, get out there, do all of the motherfucking unicorn things, and we will see you in the next episode. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdon'twearpants.com, hit that subscribe button, and remember, hashtag fuck pants.